This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name is Christine, one of the hosts of the podcast, and I am today, of course, joined by Rich. Rich, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing well. It's such a beautiful sunny day here today. Such a good good time. Yeah, we had some family visiting us today, so I got to enjoy some local places that we don't always have the opportunity to do we've been having some extra time to be able to do that this year yeah for folks i think i've mentioned this before you know on other podcasts we live in kind of a like a vacation land that can place people go in the summertime to get away and this is obviously a bit of a different summer and so it's fun because that stuff's not busy and we were just at a historic site there's a historic site literally oh i don't know five minutes maybe five minutes from our house that has five thousand year old uh, kind of archaeological stuff at it, and it's one. Of, it's a it's a unique area, and so it was fun last night. We got to go and explore that, and so it's kind of a fun fun season that we're in. Yeah, it's it's we live in a beautiful place. All right, tell us about today's article, Rich. Yeah, today's article is called Five Reopening Phase Opportunities for Multi-Site Churches." That's a little bit wordy, but uh, you know the multi-site church movement. I'm super passionate about. It's the most pervasive innovation I would say in the local church in the last twenty years. It's it's even more impactful than the current shift to digital. You know, and across the country, this uh, movement has generated literally tens of thousands of new connections between local church and those living in the community around them. Many, many multi-site churches, uh, you know, had already made this kind of pivot to digital. And so they've actually dealt with this whole kind of coronavirus and all this stuff that started in March 2020. They've actually positioned themselves quite well with this. Now, in this current phase, I think that this phase that we're in right now, we'll call this the reopening phase i think although it is more complex and difficult than the digital phase that we were in i do think multi-site churches are uniquely positioned to navigate this transition so well in fact even maybe to leverage this opportunity as a chance to reach more people and so today we've got we've got five different things to talk about kind of five opportunities if you're a multi-site church and you're listening in hey here's some opportunities for you or if you're thinking about going multi-site here's some stuff you're missing because you're not multi-site so again i'm bullish on the local church bullish on multi-site churches and uh, so I want to give you some opportunities to be thinking about as church leaders today. Yeah you've always been a big fan of multi-site. This is one of many articles on the topic but zeroing in on the potential of multi-site here in 2020 is super important. So point number one um, merger potentials. Yeah so COVID-19 and the ensuing financial crisis that we're seeing escalate across the country even just Just before we started recording this, I saw, you know, this international entertainment company uh, filed for bankruptcy today. Um, You know, we're seeing this uh, really ripple out and impact so many people, particularly as we see the kind of liquidity pull out of the market as the government really stops all the programs uh, that they're they're having, you know, that are out there. Uh, I think we're going to see, unfortunately, um, a number of churches frankly, struggle and and fail. And oftentimes before all of this, um, we saw that uh, finances were often one of the last reasons or a one kind of the straw that broke the camel's back for churches um, talking about wanting to join another church. So in this season, if you have already, um, you know, if you're already multi-site, this is the season you should be looking for merger opportunities. You should be thinking about, hey, who are those churches that we uh, could take it, you know, to, um, you know, to talk to and that kind of thing. You know, in fact, even in this season, two churches that I am in coaching relationships with have both closed on mergers that they weren't 
far, really far along. They were just real early ideas, mm-hmm. March 15th, and they've already merged with those churches. Wow. So there's merger opportunities out there for multi-state churches today. That's that's exciting. Over the years, you know, I've been a fly on the wall for a couple of successful mergers that you've been a part of. I was fortunate enough to work at a campus that was rebirthed through a merger. What might be some practical next steps for listeners uh, to take? Great. So if you're a multi-site church and you're thinking, hey, what what are some things we could do? First of all, I cannot highly recommend more. Uh, Jim Tomberlin and Warren Bird's book, Better Together, Making Church Mergers Work. Um, Now, in here, I link to it because I want you to pick up a copy. But for people who are listening to the podcast, I want to let you in on a little secret. Next month in August... Well, no, I guess that's two months from now because this comes out June June 30th. Two months in August, whenever that is. uh, We're doing a webinar with Jim and Warren because their book is being updated and they've got a brand new copy, brand new version of this book coming out all on church mergers. It's got the most up-to-date research. Um, So we're going to be doing a webinar. So you should be paying attention for that. But what if I was you, I'd buy a stack of these because you're going to end up in conversations with church leaders and it'd be great to have them there to be able to give them to other people. You know, you could, you again was talking to a church leader today who's actually actually pursuing exactly this. Assign a couple team members to contact 25 churches within a 30-minute drive of your current locations and ask them if they need help. Really, the best way to position yourself as a lead church in these merger conversations is to say, we want to be helpful. We want to do what we can do to help. Uh, You should comb through your emails over the last couple years, and I bet you there's a church that reached out and looked for help from you. Um, maybe reach out to them and say, hey, how are you guys doing? How are you weathering this season? Is there anything we can do to help you? Um, So really, in this position, at this time, you need to be positioning yourself as saying, I want to help. And and believe it or not, uh, that will open up doors for these merger conversations. That's a healthy way to start a conversation like that. That's awesome. Absolutely. All right. Secondly, the opportunity to launch multiple campus expressions. Tell us about that. Uh, one of the advantages that multi blah, blah, one of the advantages that multi-site churches have is they is that they've already thought through how to replicate their ministry in different locations. So when you think back to um, what it means to be a part of a multi-site church, you've you've already done all the hard work to think about how do you take uh, what we do and make it happen in a new box. Um, Now, in this phase, you're going to have the opportunity to take some of that thinking and apply it to other types of churches. I really do think that most multi-site churches, when we come out of this current COVID crisis, what's going to happen is we're going to see a a broader expression, a lot more types of campuses. Instead of it just being we kind of have the place where where we broadcast from and then the place that receives the messages, I think we're going to have multiple types of campuses um, on the receiving end. So those could look like home churches. Uh, these will likely include, uh, you know, converting multiple small groups into small home expressions. Uh, we're seeing this with watch parties are already happening across the country where, where multiple small groups are get, getting together in backyards. And it might be even leveraging the kind of digital experience that we've been in already using that at the core piece of it. Microsites, for years we've been talking about microsites, but we're going to see an acceleration of that. This could be slightly larger campuses of maybe 50 to 75 people, somewhere in that range. In Maybe it's in the part room of a condo or maybe it's in you know some other uh, public location that's kind of a, a bit smaller we're gonna see new retail locations we talked about this months ago uh, retail continues to accelerate and not do well we continue to see retail crumble across the country there is going to be more opportunities for you as a multi-site church to step in and say hey let's do a different size location using some old retail and then traditional campuses whatever that has looked like in the past you're gonna have all of those opportunities now is the season to be thinking 
thinking about, hmm, maybe we should be kind of looking at launching multiple campus expressions. I think about those retail locations, that would be a great idea for uh, churches that previously met in schools because that's so unstable right now. Yeah. So we are seeing, and it's interesting because I know there are some um, churches, some churches that rent in schools that are already back meeting, but we are also seeing a lot of, you know, some um, kind of pressure on that across the country where school boards aren't sure when they're going back and and all of that. So yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's opportunity there to, to, to find kind of creative retail uh, solutions, particularly, you know, we, we are seeing a historic shift. We keep saying this in this season that all that COVID has done is accelerate what was happening before. So that that is, we have known for years that retail in a lot of ways is a broken model. And so there have been opportunities for churches to step in and to, to take over retail space. We're going to see even more of that. You know, we've got some action in the blog post. We've got some action steps that a church could take to position your yourself to be thinking thinking about launching in multiple expressions. Maybe you could take your existing current small groups and drop them onto a map and say, hey, maybe there are people, and we provide a link on how to do that, of, you know, maybe we should be clustering a couple of these groups together for these watch parties or home churches in this season. You know, you could be researching smaller public spaces. Maybe look back at your your kind of plans when you were launching. And, you know, oftentimes we were looking at, well, it needs to have 150 seats or it needs to have 300 seats or that kind of thing. Well, what if you put, pulled that down to what if it only took, could only host, host 50, 50 people? What are some other places? You know, you could also custom uh, contact a trusted real estate agent and ask them to think about creative solutions. Now, obviously, there's, you know, you got to watch who you talk to and all that because you don't want to get ahead of yourself. But, you know, we all probably know a real estate agent that we could talk to to say, hey, if you come up with or see some interesting solutions, talk to me. I, I might be interested in in kind of uh, thinking about new ways to do campuses and retail locations. Yeah, those real estate agents, they're super relational people. Absolutely. And uh, we know we our church has a ton of them. I know that. So. Absolutely, for sure. Great resource. Third point, now is the time to apply campus launch lessons to reopening. So most church leaders... Um, have never watched or been a part of a church go from zero to existence. That's a huge deal. There wasn't something, now there is something. However, as multi-site churches, we have experienced this with new campuses many times over. One of the advantages that multi-site churches have is they've intentionally thought through and then put in action what it takes to launch a brand new campus. The greatest success factor of launching a multi-site church campus, as we've said before, is the size and health of the volunteer uh, core. In this season, you need to be looking, pulling out your plans for for launch and saying, hey, how could I apply those lessons to the launch of our physical campuses? As we launch, relaunch, reopen uh, our in-person services, what if we what if we looked at that as a campus launch strategy? How what if we what if we learned about launching that we could apply to this? Uh, process. You'll need to re-recruit and retrain 100% of your volunteer team in this season, in this next normal. Let's use the launch process that we've used as a as a as a guide map to that um, in this season. Yeah. So, and there could be lessons um, that are super positive that you want to reapply. There might be lessons that you learned where you would change what you did, but those are great lessons to be applying as we re-engage volunteers. Maybe they're going to join, um, rejoin a team, basically. A lot of our volunteers haven't been serving these days um, or joining a kind of a fresh expression of, of what it means to be a part of a team at your church. Yeah, very cool. 
All right, you got. Uh, We've got some action steps some here action steps. Um, that they could take on this front. So I said this one already. Pull out your campus launch plan. Maybe actually pull together some leaders from those launches that have been particularly helpful. You know, in those launch seasons, there's always those leaders that are amazing. Um, you could pull them together in a room and say, "Hey, let's. Can you help us apply those lessons to our reopening process? If you don't have a, a written plan out, uh, let me humbly suggest that you check out our online course. It's called Launch a Healthy Multi-Site Church Campus. I've actually had a church in the season do this to pull this out and say hey let's use this as a step-by-step -step process for relaunching um so yeah that's a few ideas you could use to kind of uh, be applying your campus launch uh, you know lessons to uh, your reopening strategy all right fourth reposition campus location mix this is a good season for you to step back and think about your current locations are you overextended in some communities? Are you underrepresented in a place where you'd like to be present in this next season? Do you have too many campuses clustered in one location? Are there multiple campuses that you think might be better served uh, by really merging them together? This is a great season for you to look at addressing some of the struggles around campus locations around COVID. You know, we've been saying this in this season, that this season is a chance for you really to try anything, to throw stuff against the wall and see, you know, what sticks. And I would encourage you to look critically at the, the, the locations that you were at. If we can just speak honestly amongst friends, it's been 12, 15 weeks since people have been in your campuses. Uh, they're going to have to retrain themselves on where they go on to a Sunday. If it's about realigning them to go 10 minutes further uh, than somewhere else, uh, that's not going to lose the people who are going to drive in this season. Uh, you may want to be rethinking where physical locations go in this season. So do you have some next steps to share on that front? Yeah, so I'd start fresh. I'd pull together three lists, that these three lists that we're talking about, to talk about and put them onto a map. This is like goes back to way back to when you first started doing multi-site. And what I would do is say, okay, looking at these pins on a map, ignoring where our physical campuses were, where would we put campuses today? Let's look at where people are actually connecting with us today. If we were to relaunch with multiple campuses today, where would they be? So look at volunteers. Uh, where are all your volunteers from? These are the people who are serving before you came. Your donors. Uh, where is your donor community represented? Are they spread through at all these locations? Small groups. Uh, what does your small group network tell you about where your, your current campus footprint? So that's the first thing I would do, start fresh. And then next, again, gather your teams together and brainstorm some what if questions. Uh, what if we uh, had to double the number of our campuses in the next year, where would we go? Some of our churches are going to face this with our reopening issues. If we um, have to be in locations with 50% capacity over for an extended period of time, one of the answers is to say, let's double our campuses. Let's just come up with more campuses. We'll have more campuses with fewer people in them. So maybe we go back to some of our other points and look for smaller locations in the same locations, but actually add more of them. You could also gather them together and ask the what if question. What if we had to compress the total number of campuses we had? What would that look like? Uh, what should we be thinking on that front? All right. Lastly, rapid campus launch and experimentation. This is the perfect time for you to launch a new campus. R really, I mean it. I know this is crazy, but um, you know, you are about to go through or in the process of going through a communication with your people where they are going to have to remember, where do I drive to church again? They're going to have to think that through anyways. This could be the season for you to jump on board in the spirit of the age, which is, hey, let's try some new stuff. Um, you know, this might be the season to, to jump on board and to try something new in times of great adversity, the local church, 
thrives. Maybe now is the time for you to push the button on, you know, campus rapid campus expansion. Now, for people that have been listening to me for a while, they know that I'm I'm generally not a fan of rapid campus expansion. I generally think most churches should be spending between 8 to 12 months on on campus expansion. But maybe this isn't the season for this. Maybe you need to look at a three-month launch time frame and try in some new location. We live in an age of innovation. Now's the time for you to try something new uh, that maybe you've wondered before if you should try. Okay, Rich, um, leaders are tired right now. Some of them anyway. Um, some of them are energized by new stuff, um, but some might find this overwhelming. And actually, that's why I really like your first action step. So what are some action steps to take? Yeah, so three action steps to increase experimentation. So first, unplug for a day of listening to God. Just be silent. Imagine what that would be like. Ask him to give you wisdom for your next step. Uh, what ideas percolate during that time? You know, it has been a busy season. It's been a season where you've got a lot of ideas bubbling around our head. You've got a lot of people like me yelling at you with ideas. Uh, you need to unplug and and just ask the Lord, hey, what is it that you'd have us do? Pull your leadership team together and brainstorm. Many churches uh, figured out how to launch a di- digital campus in just a few days. What if you said, are, we're, what if you believe that God was calling you to launch an in-purpose, purpose, an in-purpose, an in-person campus in just a few months or maybe even a few weeks? What would that look like? I know it's been a tiring season, but actually there's a whole bunch of leaders I've heard from who keep saying, man, that was such an invigorating time uh, trying to figure all this stuff out. Maybe we need to tap into some of that uh, again. Uh, and then third, uh, connect with five other multi-site churches. This is a season for you to reach out and to build relationships with other church leaders. Um and this could be a great season for you to, you know, there's that other church across state, across town, across the country that you've always wondered what it would be like to connect with them. Why don't you reach out to them and ask them, hey, what is happening? That's actually a part of what we try to do with our Thursday podcast. Uh, what we're trying to do is is, is to mirror um, us having conversations with other church leaders about learning from them. All of those conversations come, most of them come from us reaching out and saying, hey, we'd love to learn from you. You can do the same thing with other, with church leaders across town. Uh, that Today would be a great time for you to do that. That's super helpful. You've given a ton of great next steps for leaders, but I imagine you might have even something else that they could do. Yeah, so we've got this free three-part video series that I'd love for you to take. If you have not taken this course, we think that this would be a great tool for you in this season. I've been a part of the launch of 13 uh, campuses, seen over, and this sounds bragging, but I'm just trying to kind of help you understand. I've recruited over 1,500 volunteers and you know have seen multiple times of that, close to 9,000 people attending those campuses before we found ourselves in COVID. And what we've done here with this, this three-part video series is try to compress down some thoughts on multi-site. So the first video is the biggest mistake churches make when launching campuses. The second is keys to picking a great location for your next campus. The third is five dirty secrets of the multi-site church movement. This would be a great tool for you to take in this season. It's absolutely free. Just go to the end of the show notes or in the blog post, click on that. All you need to do is give us your email address and we'll send those to you over the next week or so. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rich. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can view this and our other articles at unseminary.com. Have a great day.